Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible friend here with me. Donalyn, how are you? I am really good. How are you? I am doing fabulous. 2024 is already setting out to be amazing and incredible. Just how we were talking prior to uh, prior to the call, you know, like things have just been, there's a lot of shifts, but it's really, 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 really cool. I'm loving it so far. How about you? Yes, I think it's really amazing. It's uh, caught, gotten off to a big start, you know? I love it. I love it. I can already feel this year is going to be incredibly powerful. And speaking of incredibly powerful, let's talk about you and your amazingness in the world. My goodness, I was reading up on you. I was like, oh my goodness, she's amazing. I can't wait to hear like <laughs> her story and what she's all about and all of the things. And I always start by taking it way back, which is childhood. And asking the question of like, so what did you want to be when you grew up? Where did all of this start? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, let's see. So depending on the year, I wanted to be a horseback rider. I wanted to be a dressage rider. And I rode horses a lot. Or a vet. That was part of the horseback riding thing. I thought, well, how can I make a living? <laughs> and a dancer. And to be honest, I went to a performing arts school when I was a kid. So I, you know, learned acting and dancing and singing and all of that. And it wasn't very long into it. I really enjoyed it. But I was probably 16 when I realized that what I really wanted to do was be a sound designer in the theater. Wow. And so Oh, I met somebody who was kind of amazing. And she was like, she was a sound designer. And I was like, Oh, I want to be all that, you know, and because I was 16, <laughs> you know, and um, two and a half years later, I was on a Broadway, I was doing a show on Broadway. And so my life was sort of very clear. I had a lot of clarity as a child, right? I didn't have any of the baggage that we get along the way, right? So and I was fortunate not to really comprehend that life has a lot of twists and turns, right? So there was still a lot of magic for me and uh, and things happened quickly and easily when you're in that clear flow state. So that was my first career was I got right into it right from being a little kid. That's amazing. Wait, so when did you start on Broadway? Six, would you say 16? No, no. So I wanted to go but since I was 16. I was like, that's what I'm doing. And I was, I believe I was just 19 when I went, did my first show on Broadway. Yeah. I'd say incredible. And you mentioned you had a lot of clarity as a child, which I love that. I love that. Can you share some insight onto that? Cause I, I, I just, I love hearing all like the different life perspectives on things and like, just love to hear about that. Yeah. So mysticism was not uh, foreign to me and didn't have a name for me. Right. It wasn't, I just thought this is how people are. <laughs> right. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I went away to school when I was 16. I was maybe late 15, early 16, something like that. And I had a roommate and 
she started to understand that I saw the world differently. And I didn't know what she was on about at all. I didn't understand because I was innocent, you know, and um, she got really freaked out. <laughs> she did not like it. <laughs> and oh, I thought, oh, okay, okay. So this is not for everybody. It's for some people. Some people are like this and other people, not so much. And that you need to kind of be aware of the people around you and what their expectations are of you. And it was really the first time I ever understood about kind of being in the world and that people may expect something different from you than what your gift is to offer the world. That's fascinating. I mean, so you went away, was this like a boarding school? It was actually, uh, my parents were so crazy. I love them to death. Um, <laughs> they they sent me to a school that didn't have a boarding portion to it. <laughs> um, I went to school, I found this school in Philadelphia. It was called Philadelphia School of Performing Arts. And we just made an arrangement with a mother of one of the children there. And she rented mm. out a little, she had a little apartment inside her townhouse. And she rented it out to me and another young girl who wanted to go to that school oh yeah. my goodness i love that because i was like wait is it a boarding school or what oh, no so no there was like no oversight i don't know what they were thinking but the thing is that i was so as you said there was like a clarity right there was so that it never occurred to me to really misbehave in the ways that people sometimes do when they go away very young i just wanted to be able to sing and dance and play and have fun and have that all be the way the world really is. Yeah. I love that. And then Broadway at 19. So what was your first show? Now you want me to date myself. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> My first show was A Few Good Men at the Walter Kerr Theater. And I was the assistant sound designer. And the sound designer was John Gramada. And he was kind of a young upstart in the industry. He was in his maybe late 20s and massively talented amazing designer and musician and uh composer and uh, yeah i was just super lucky right i mean that's what we call it when we don't we don't scrape for it right when we don't like oh i'm working so hard then we call it luck but really it's matching up with what we expect the world to be it's matching up with our vibrational state right yeah. so when we can do that, when we can sort of be clear about ourselves and say, yeah, I, I want the world to be good and I expect the world to be good, then it meets our expectations. But when there's a, something off in there, that's what people talk about in terms of misalignment, right? You, right? When you want the world to be good, but you really don't expect it to be because you've got some evidence that it's been hard before, then it doesn't really have a chance of meeting up with the the good part of what you want it really can only sort of fill in the blanks that we leave and we f we define them with our expectation we define them with our hearts so 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 accurate i mean what i loved was when you were talking about the clarity and kind of being in that flow state and of how things just kind of fall into your lap and i was just talking about this earlier where it's like you know that resistance is like what keeps us out of flow state and that is what creates problems you know like if you're not living in flow state you're going to experience a lot of that it's resistance because your inner self 
knows that you're not supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. You are meant for something else. So what's it going to keep doing? It's going to keep resisting whatever it is that you're doing, right? So as you were saying, you're like, you went into this Broadway show and it was almost like flow state. Like you got to be assistant sound designer, like amazing, 19 yeah. years old doing that. Like, oh yeah because yeah. that is what's in alignment for for you and being in that flow state which I absolutely absolutely love and I love hearing the journeys of how that really comes together so walk me through like the career in Broadway and how that that all like really shaped out because I love that I'd love to hear it well you're reminding me that there was a couple years later there was a time I was doing a show called Angels in America and my brother is a scenic artist and so he and he's a decade older than I am. So, you know, he had worked hard <laughs> to get there. <laughs> and okay. I was like this naughty little kid who just walked in, right? And owned the world. And and it kind of was that way in that, not that I was as educated as other people, but that doors opened for me and I had opportunities to learn and grow and, and be a part of amazing things because I just showed up present. So my brother was doing a show down the block and it was called City of Angels. And he said, let me take you out to lunch. And I said, okay. And so off to lunch we go. And he gave me a big lecture about how I should be more respectful. <laughs> of how hard it is to get there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, th these are those moments of awakening, right? These are those moments, like I described when I was 16 and my roommate didn't experience the world that I, the way that I did, that you have to sort of open up and say, okay, the world expects me to be different, but what do I want to expect of the world? Even if I become that, even if I say in front of you or in order to get along with you, I'm willing to curb my behavior, to not talk about certain things, right? In order to sort of fit in in the world. Who are you behind closed doors? And how does that contribute to that, to that joy, to that flow state that we're talking about or lack of it? Yeah. So I worked on Broadway for uh, 10, 15 years and I had a yeah, I had an incredible career. I really enjoyed it. I got to meet incredible people. I got to do shows that were like uh, one of one of the shows I enjoyed doing the most was a show called uh, American Daughter, which was oh, it was really amazing and so many great people. And those were really good times until it wasn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, the important thing for people to understand that things can be amazing and they are not diminished by the fact that they are no longer welcome in your life. Mm. Walk me through that, Donalyn, because I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued to hear, hear that because I always tell people, I'm like, listen, guys, there's seasons in your life. There's yeah. a reason for every season, but there's seasons, right? And certain things you grow out of or it was a stepping stone to get to where you want. I mean, there's a whole lot of different reasons why things happen right so i'd be intrigued to hear you know what kind of I mean, with an incredible career in broadway kind of what shifted well i'll tell you what i had done almost everything that i wanted to do and i felt like okay there's more juice where is it and the thing about me that i know really well and and this is important for people to understand about themselves is what drives them what do they want out of this life and for me what i really love about life is the broad scope 
beautiful newness, right? I love learning. I love growing. I love contributing to things that are really meaningful to me. And when you say, okay, I'm willing to do what it takes to get there, it's messy, but you can do things that you wouldn't get to do before. So I'm working on Broadway and I think, you know, there's more, there's something more I need to do. And I make, at the time I was kind of like a hired gun for money to come in, not, not on Broadway, but to come into the studios and be able to do this very specific software. And so I could command a decent rate and which now sounds like a penny and a half compared to today's money. <laughs> But I could, you know, I could make real money doing it. And uh, there was one of the studio owners said, oh, yeah, no, we can't, we can't pay that. And I really liked him. And I said, listen, what I want in my life right now is to learn how to run a business. So I'll work for whatever you want to pay me if you'll teach me how to run a business. And he said, okay. And he absolutely held up his end of the bargain. I mean, he did he opened his books. He did everything. When I came to him and said, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That looks really like a bad business decision. He sat me down and taught me about it and told me about the consequences of look things looking good, but not actually being good for you, right? And for your business. So I had all this sort of thirst for, for business. And let's see, it wasn't too long after that, that my husband said, let's move out of the city. <laughs> and I said, oh, uh oh, what am I going to do? Um, because I, I kind of breathed the city, you know, and that really made way for me to get a job in a business instead of in theater, right? Because there wasn't anything big going on there. And that job led to the next job, to the next job, to the next job, all within the same company. And within about three years, I became the general manager of a chain of furniture stores. Wow. And unbelievable amounts of juice in that, right? That that I got to learn all those things, that people are so amazing at their jobs, and that you can call that out of people when you have that openness and clarity. But if you expect them to be terrible at their job, they are. <laughs> they really are, right? <laughs> if you expect that you're going to have a lot of loss in a company, you're going to guaranteed right if you expect that your people are actually looking after you and you develop that culture that this is our company right this is something that we're all a part of and i had come from theater so i only understood really collaborative you know mechanisms i didn't really understand the whole higher up thing. So I brought a different viewpoint on that. And it was beneficial, thank goodness. And so I got to do that for another 10 or 15 years. I'm going to make it seven. Can we make it seven just so I can, we can add them yeah. up to be a little lower? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my goodness. I love that. So you shifted from the from theater into the furniture business and then the furniture business. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm just going to keep telling you. <laughs> yeah, tell me this. I, I want to hear the life journey. I love that. Yeah. So what happened for me is that along the way I was, I was general manager and at that point CEO as well. And my husband got, he, he had some hearing loss and uh, he went to the hospital 
and they called like on a Sunday at six o'clock at night and they were like, you got to come to the hospital. And I was like, he's on the roof. He's not coming down. Like, what are you talking about? And they were like, you need to come to the hospital. And so he's up on the roof and I'm going, you, they, this doctor says you have to go to the hospital. I don't understand. And he was like, I'm not going. I'll go when I have time. I'm not going. And the doctor's like, you got to come. And so eventually he gets off the roof and he was like fixing something or whatever, you know, we go in and this is actually a perfect example of expectation. Uh, we go in, I don't know why I'm telling you all this detail. I don't usually, um, but here we go. <laughs> we go in and this doctor spends an hour and a half pointing at, uh, pictures of the inside of his head. And there's a big giant tumor in there and talking about how dire it is. And my husband had been injured as a child. He'd been severely injured as a child and he really didn't want to go into a, to, he'd spent two and a half years in a hospital when he was young. And so he really didn't want to go in. And so they said, you have to have surgery right away. He was like, what does right away mean? <laughs> and they said, uh, like within two weeks, he said, okay, all right, two weeks, got two weeks. So we went home and we called everybody we knew and said, who knows somebody who's, who knows this kind of doctor. And we get into a place in New York with the top guy in the country. And we have this consult and he says, oh yeah, yeah. We got to cut you open here and put your belly fat over there. And you know, all these things. Yeah. That's just the, just exactly what his face did. Like, we are not doing that, <laughs> you know? And, and what was amazing about that is that that doctor said, you, oh, you have two or three months before we have to do this surgery. And that was the moment of inspiration for him to say to me, I want you to find me another way, please go see what we can do. And that is really what brought me into what I was originally licensed as a spiritual health coach. And that's really the viewpoint that I come to, right? Is that what can you do with medical issues when you don't want to do medical things? And so that control over the body and the mind and the emotions became a central tenant. Uh, we also did some alternative therapies and things like that. But what I really got out of that is that there's a whole other way to live that really honors that, that way I saw the world when I was a child that really was kind of unacceptable to the rest of the world. Right. Um, and, and so we said, okay. And two years later, no tumor and we did the work. Yeah. That's amazing. And he didn't have to go through surgery or anything. No, he didn't know surgery. He shrunk the tumors doing specific work that was alternative healing and, and really a lot of emotional and mental and spiritual work. And that was my introduction to what can we do? What can we do? Not just with our bodies, not just with our minds, although those are amazing, but what is spirit? And, and how does it contribute to this experience that we're having, right? And, and so that, that's how I became a spiritual health coach. And to be honest, my journey has been a few years past that now and really shifted into this emotional realm in such a significant way because the biggest results that I see are when people can prioritize joy, when they can find those 
above the line, as I like to say, which means not in a stress response, right? Above the line emotions, uh, where we're we're in playfulness, we're in happiness, we're in joy, we're in ease, we're having a great time. And when we can prioritize that, then what happens to the body, to your business, to your relationships, to your spouse, and your relationship to your children and your relationship with them is massively drastically different than when we don't prioritize that in our quiet moments. I absolutely love that. I love what you just mentioned. My goodness. Well, yeah, you know what the what the issue is with society is that we're taught that uh, power lives outside of us and not within us. And I think that that's something, you know, it's almost like you're giving up your power every time that you, I, I don't want to go crazy on this, but the, you know, when every time you go to the doctor and stuff like that, I'm a big believer of alternative and holistic therapies. And um, I've seen that work way better than traditional medicine, you know? And so I'm always competing with that where it's like, you know, the power of the mind will supersede a lot of things. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So along the way I was introduced to uh, osteopathy. Now it's not exactly the way it's practiced in the United States, but uh, I was recommended by an osteopath to read A.T. Still's book. And he is the founder of osteopathy and uh, the book, don't read it. It's terrible. It's a terrible book, but I mean, <laughs> it's all about like, I grew up in a one room, you know, uh, schoolhouse kind of situation. And he did, but what was fascinating about him is that what he really understood is that everything that we need in order to live a happy and healthy life is already inside of us and our job is just to figure out how to access it and to me that was pivotal that was pivotal that was early in my journey and it was so important because it's what you just said right that we can find it within us but we don't always have the directions we don't know how to do it exactly exactly and that's what i was going to say like how is it you know because when you get news like that it's a one of two things happens you either shut down or you become alive you have the choice yeah. right so how did you navigate through that with your husband and like what steps did you take in order to almost like gain that power back and then also just kind of working through all this because I mean it's almost like you guys were almost co-creating at the same time yeah. with all of this yeah so he and I were very much amazing team members that was our strongest part of our marriage was that we were we just could do anything together. And we just were really good at being a team. And so, you know, that it's messy. It's like everybody's life, right? Sometimes you, you lose focus and you go like, I don't know, this seems crazy. And other times you're driving an hour and a half away to find out how to do the, you know, device so that he can have the vibrational support that he needs and all the things, you know? And I think, I think that's the way it's, it is for, everybody right i think that the process is messy and the most important part of that process is that you can actually regain that focus over and over and over because it isn't that you're going to be positive all the time like that's not going to happen we're here on earth having an earthly experience but what can change is the amount of time that you are just driving in the wrong direction right because sometimes you're going to drive in the wrong direction but that time period is what matters 
And that's how we get where we're going. That's how, really, that's how faith works, right? And I don't mean religious faith. I mean, faith in ourselves, in our path, in what's next, in our hopes and our dreams. And so when we can really hone in on that and say, okay, so I lost focus. Okay, so I was crying in the bathroom. All right, I had that feeling. Now what are you going to do? How long are you going to let it take you out? And I think that's the thing that is the biggest change that I see in people is that when they can get really good at that shortening that time period, when they can get really good control over their bodies and their desires and matching the two up and really good at knowing themselves, at understanding the nature of their own spirit, then nothing is out of the question because you don't have to know it 24 seven. You just have to know it enough to keep going in that direction. Absolutely. I love that, Donald. And I love that. And I love that you mentioned earlier this, you need to know how to activate it. It's a matter of activating it. Mm. It's like, how would you advise, like say if someone right now is struggling right now and they're thinking about, okay, how do I transform or how do I regain power within myself? What are the steps to even do that? Yeah. Yeah. It could be complicated if you let it, <laughs> right. but the, the basics are you need to have awareness, right? And, you know, a lot of the product that I offer, a lot of the coaching that I offer allows a way to measure that, but you can do this at home. Okay. So you can tune into yourself and get some awareness around what's happening for you. So, a lot of times people will feel like, no, no, I'm, I'm basically a happy person, but they don't notice that their lips purse most of the time or that their shoulders are up in their ears most of the time, right? Or that their back aches a lot. And they, they it's always at a certain time of day, right? <laughs> right? These kinds of indicators. So start paying attention to yourself and start understanding that your body is your friend in this awareness discovery process. And uh, your mind is not your friend. <laughs> so your mind is going to tell you that you have a disease and that that you should go to the doctor immediately as we used to say everybody has a brain tumor when they're starting to get uh to get uh, aware right you're always self-diagnosing yourself as something right and the thing is to get this easy understanding of your body to be able to really pay attention to it and to raise that awareness and start naming those feelings on a much smaller level, right? Society will name anger as an outburst. Well, what are you gonna name it as? Anger starts a long time before your mouth opens. So when you heighten your awareness, then you're able to work with yourself sooner and before things turn into problems and suddenly you're heading in a better direction. So that's really that first step that you need to take. Absolutely. Awareness is, is really everything and tuning into your body. Oh, what's, oh my God, what do they call this? Muscle testing? Muscle testing. Yes. Yeah. Muscle testing. Mm -hmm. There's a holistic practitioner that I see in, in Dallas, Texas. And that's, you know, he's like, you can ask your body questions and it'll, it'll tell you. I'm like, and I always get like freaked out every time he would do it. He's like, try it. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's fascinating. Like your body is so intuitive. And like you said, your mind is not your friend, but it's not your friend because it's trying to protect you. So anything that it deems as an outside threat, it's trying to protect you and itself. It's not trying to make you go against yourself. It's just, you know. No, that's right. Change. Change is not the, the mind does not want change, right? Safety lies in the known and growth and playfulness and freedom. They live in the unknown, right? So our spirit says, let's, let's go, let's go. And our brain says, don't be ridiculous. Sit down, watch some TV, eat a pint of ice cream. Come on. Right. Because there's no safety in it. And and it's important. Your brain is playing a really important role. And I think it's uh, something that people need to understand is that we don't just throw away the information from the brain. We also get perspective on that, right? So awareness for your thoughts goes up as well as awareness for your feelings and for the the experience of your body, right? And when you have all of those things, now you got some tools, now you have some ways to measure what's happening in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that, Donald. I love that. I mean, and it's just, it's, it's so empowering to kind of know that is, but it's just, it's just crazy to me because the, you know, society's like, oh, you got to do X, Y, Z, whatever the doctor says, whatever the doctor says. And it's like, that's not really, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. Right. So for you in, in your experience as a spiritual health coach, like what are some of the, like, the common issues that you come across and what are some of like the, the, not the remedies, but some different um, strategies that you've helped kind of clients through? Cause maybe there's somebody listening right now that's struggling through something and doesn't know kind of the first step to take because they know they feel something whenever they go to the doctor that, okay, there's another way. Right. But how do you actually go about yeah. So there's, I've worked for a long time. I worked with people on their physical ailments. And I will say that uh, what I found is that the more aware my clients became, the more their problems became about business or about their relationships and the less physical problems were a, a major player in their experience. Right. And so uh, those are the kinds of things that I work with a lot and that raising that awareness it's such an important piece of the puzzle but if you can go beyond that if you can then learn to actually do the biofeedback right the the interaction with your body oh a while ago a long while ago i had a doctor who was as a matter of fact it was the same one that suggested i read at still he said i i want to test you and he had me lay on the examining table and he put a heart rate monitor on me and he said i want to see if you can change your heart rate and the thing is i was having problems with my body at that time and he trained me, he showed me the monitor and he trained me to use my mind and my heart to change what was happening in my body and that I had control over it. And then he said, and I had a lot of issues around temperature in my body, right? My, I happened to run very low temperature and it was causing a lot of problems in the body. And so he said, you can do that with your temperature. And I said, really? And he said, yep, you just got to keep doing it. You have to measure, 
You have to know what you're doing. You have to have intention and then keep working with your body until it responds to you. And that's really a similar way to how we work with our emotions, right? The external stuff, it all fills in. Once we do this part, we work with our bodies to be able to create, generate joy, fun, ease, freedom, right? Peace that space of peace. And once we can do those things over and over, you try, you just keep trying. And if you want to do it at home, that's what you got to do. Okay. (laughs) It's easier when you have somebody to help you, but it is absolutely possible right now for anyone who is listening. You work with yourself until your body responds, until you start to feel it. And then you can really create a basis. You can change this. I like to think of it as like a a building. Our emotions is like a building with an elevator in it. And if you're on the floor that only has rage, then that's what you've got. You got to get in the elevator. You got to go someplace else. And that's what working with the body allows you to do. So as you do that, you'll start to get off on other floors that are in the vicinity of satisfaction and peace and uh, and more right and once you do that we have what we call a different set point and then the world starts to behave differently that's what happened when i was 16 and i thought i'm gonna be on broadway (laughs) like a snotty little kid right that's what happened the world changed for me because i I got off on a different floor, right? And that's what can happen anytime we want it. But we do have to create a set point, which means we have to uh, break some cycles that are going on in our lives. And we have to deal with some of the baggage that we're carrying around because most of us aren't 16 and just figuring it out for the first time, right? right? So that's that process. I absolutely love that. I love that, Donalyn. I mean, it's it's almost like you're calling everything in. You've got to change your vibration in order to call in the things that that you want, right? Yeah, like you said, yeah absolutely. Before. At like 16, you had that clarity. And so nothing was kind of stopping you from receiving that, right? So there wasn't, you know, all this judgment or anything. You You were clear. This is what you wanted. There was nothing kind of resisting you, right? So you called it in. And that's the same thing with, with our bodies. And I love what you mentioned about the awareness and that whole, that whole piece. And so for anybody who's listening, do you have any like tips or tricks to something that somebody could do right now to like for their body? Um, yeah. If they know something's up, like, okay, I'm feeling off. Like, what yeah. can I do? What can I do, Donalyn? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you a tool. And I'm just going to mention that this detailed PDF about this is available on the website. So if you hear it and you go like, I don't know, I kind of got it. You can just get the PDF and you can see pictures and everything. Um, The first thing I would do is you want to move energy, right? So our bodies and the, the area around our bodies, we all have different names for it. I like to just say it's our personal space because we all get that. We all know when we're standing too close to somebody, right? And it feels too icky. You're in my space, right? So this is the this is one way that you can really start to move some energy that is in your personal space and in your body and 
and ultimately controlling and having an impact on your thoughts, right? And that is, it's a simple hand movement where you're gonna take your hand and you're gonna fold in your pinky and your ring finger and you're gonna leave the, what are those index and, and middle finger straight, straight and you're gonna cover it with your thumb and cover the bent fingers with your thumb. So you're kind of poking the center of your palm and you do that with both hands and you allow those little pointer fingers to point toward the ground. And if you'll sit there for a few minutes, even while we're on this broadcast, if you just do that and you sit and you wait and you raise your awareness after maybe 30 seconds, it usually doesn't even take 30 seconds before somebody will say to me, I feel different. There's something different happening for me now. And so it's an awesome tool. It can be used with feelings that don't feel good, like, uh, anxiety and depression and anger and stresses of all kinds, but it also, which is pretty incredible about it, because it's activating the nervous system in a very specific way with the way that we hold our fingers and the things we're pressing on, it also will energize you. It's a balancer right so this is a great way to start and to to really raise that awareness and also to gain some con easier control wow that's amazing as you said that i was doing it as well and i was like whoa i felt like this like zing in my brain i'm like what the <laughs> what yeah. is that <laughs> yeah yeah wow. because energy moves right we're made up of energy and energy moves and when energy moves we become different because we're just energy right yeah. so yeah it's pretty incredible and what also i love about mudras is that or hand movements like that is that you will uh you will experience something different than anybody else right so it isn't a lot of times in the west we're like oh you do this and then you know this is what makes your hair not fall out and when you're working on this level where you're really moving energy, then your whole being is going to be impacted by this. So what you need might be different than what the person next to you needs, but there is a balancing that is happening and there's an opening up of channels that happens during that process that will help you to have a better physical life, but also better business life, easier money story, right? A better relationships, all of it. I love that, Donald. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's well, Your health is your wealth at the end of the day. And that's just number one above all things. And I'd be curious to this is my favorite question that I always ask it. I always wait until the end to do this because it's always so much fun. But what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Oh, Oh, I've thought about this a lot, not because people have asked me, but because I go back and I talk to her a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a practice we should all do, right? There, there is a moment, and, and I would suspect that everybody can find a moment that they can remember in their childhood where they were quiet and they knew the world was changing. And there was a moment for me when I was in a, horse's stall sitting there being trying to be pouting and all of a sudden I knew that something was different and it's been a moment that I've gone back to and talked to myself over and over again and so as time goes on you can keep educating your younger self 
I, um, I would say to her, do not let this world change you in the way that is your core. Enjoy it, have fun with it, and know that you are perfect just the way you are and as what you'll grow into as well. It's beautiful. I love that. I love that. Well, it's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world because what you thought was different about you as a teenager yeah. now has come full circle as you're older and now you're doing this work, which is, you know, you were esoteric from the beginning. Now yeah. you're still, now it's like almost like you're owning your gifts and that's what created the magic within you. And yes, yes. It you, without, without your mysticism and your esoteric nature as a kid, this would not happen at this stage, right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. And also without everything that happened along the way, right? right? I got to live in the world in like really significant ways. I got to hang out with people who are really making history literally in the theater, right? We take pictures of them and we put them up and they never die, even though they, sometimes they, the person does. Um, and, and also with people who are, who are just trying to have a better home, right? People who are really just want to have a better day-to-day -day experience. And so when I got to do both of those things in my life, that also shaped me, right? There is no wasted time. Right. Yeah. All part of the journey, which I love, yeah. love, 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 love. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. You are amazing, Donalyn. My goodness, thank you so much for sharing your story today and just all these little magic tools and all these incredible stories. Like, I can't, I, I'm just, I'm inspired by you. I love the work that you're doing in the world. And I'm sure there's people listening right now that are like, how can I connect with her? So, if you could let us know kind of where to find you, any resources, anything like that, that would be amazing. Yeah, the best place is at my website. It's donalyn.blog. So it's pretty simple. Just my first name, all one word, dot blog. And what I have there for you is I have a tool uh, called the Guide to Becoming Unbreakable is on there. And that's the one that is going to show you exactly how to do that little exercise that we did together, as well as give you some other frameworks to be able to take it a little easier in this world. And uh, also there is a way that you can get directly in touch with me. So if you say to yourself, hey, I think I'd like to know what it feels like to make big change, to really commit and know that my life doesn't have to be overwhelming, that I may have gotten all the things, right? I may have it all and still not be able to enjoy it, but there's a way forward for me. So if you're feeling like I want some more help, then there's also a way to get directly in touch with me there. Love that, Donalyn. You are amazing. Thank you so much again for sharing your story and just everything, everything. We appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was really fun. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is overtime, working like some underdogs. Underdogs. Underdogs.